ache for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the A Slut Podcast. That's advice, sex, love, understanding, and trust. This week we've got something a little bit different again. We have a 19-year-old virgin from the UK talking to us, and named Lucy. She's going to be talking to us about what it's like to be a virgin in such a sexualized uh, way, uh, and in such a sexualized world, and the fact that she's actually into kink as well, which is kind of an odd mixture when you think of somebody who's a virgin also liking kink. So we're going to explore that side of things as well and talk about all, all manner of things really. Um, the audio in spots is a little bit dodgy but you'll have to bear with us for that. Um, it was one of those Skype incidents but that's okay. Um, my world doesn't change a lot. I am single now. I can't remember if I said that on the last episode but that's a different experience for me. I did um, go or and do a guest spot on another podcast during the week as well. So, Swinging Down Under is the name of that podcast. Swinging Down Under. They are on Apple Podcasts, swingingdownunder.com, and obviously at Swinging Down Under on Twitter as well. They're really, really cool guys, CND. It was great having a chat with them. It was cool um, to have the opportunity to get on somebody else's podcast as well for me personally. So that was absolutely fantastic. We talked about me being an absolute uh, delinquent when it comes to sex, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, we talked about how progressive, I guess, New Zealand is compared to perhaps some other countries around the world and how accessible things are for new swingers and new kinksters and people wanting to get into into certain scenes and everything in, in New Zealanders. So that was a really interesting discussion. Uh, we talked about making a sexual debut, which is a Mary Fisher's way of saying, when did you lose your virginity? So that was um, really, really cool. Do tune into that. That comes out on August 7. Um, so it might be out already for some of those who are listening. I know some people are a little bit more behind than others when it comes to listening to this, and that's fine. I don't mind. I'm just happy I'm getting the, listen the listens. But yeah, August 7, Swinging Down Under, please do go and have a listen to that. C&D are really, really amazing people. And it was really, really fun talking to them. So, without holding holding you up any any longer, we will get on to talking with, with Lucy now. Um, she's from the UK, like I said. She's 19. She's still a virgin. And let's go straight into it now. Getting by, I'm getting by. Oh, yeah, 
till the day I die. Now some may say, oh, you're just gay. Why don't you just go gay all the way? But that's not it, cause bi's legit. Whether you're a he or a she, we might be a perfect fit. And one more thing, I tell you what. Being bi does not imply that you're a player or a slut. You're right like sex. Please make him stop. So if you ask me how I'm doing, I'm feeling peppy, sprightly, spry. I'm g g g g getting by. I'm getting by. And it's something I'd like you to demystify. It's not a phase. I'm not confused. Not indecisive. I don't have the kind of choose blues. I don't care if you wear high heels or a tie. You might just catch my eye because I'm definitely by. Yeah, so welcome to the show, Lucy. Lucy, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad at all. Now, you're the first, uh, well, not the first, but you're one of the first overseas uh, people we've had on the podcast. So congratulations for that. You're the first from Great Britain. Yay. So welcome. Thank you for, for, for being Thank on. Thank you for having me. Um, so tell us a wee bit about yourself, first of all. Obviously, we're from opposite sides of the globe. Um, yeah. Tell us about you. So... I'm Lucy. I'm a student in London, um, Great Britain. Uh, I study history and French at university, and at the moment I'm on the summer holidays, which is great. I'm back home, not paying rent and eating food for free. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, and then more about like my sex life. I'm a virgin. So that's fun. And um, so this is about me and what I like about sex, stuff like that. Yeah. So. This is why I wanted to, to have you on, because nobody really talks about sex from a virgin's perspective. <laughs> um, anybody who usually talks about it already knows um, what to experience, what they've experienced, how things should be, and all, all of that sort of stuff. So I thought yeah. it would be interesting to have somebody on who perhaps has, has a different perspective um, than, what, than what most people would have. So... Yeah, that's why you're here, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so, my, my first question to you is, in this day and age now, where it seems that people are having sex younger and younger, and, well, first yeah. of all, how old are you? You're 19, I'm right? 19. Yeah. Well, I'll be 20 in October. So. Okay. So, yeah, in this day and age, people are having sex younger and younger. There's more and more sex on TV, in music, and and all of that sort of thing, and, you know, parties, and all of that sort of thing that you go through at uni, like you're in at the moment. Yeah. Um, what's it like not having had sex in this day and age? Um, well, it's quite interesting, because a lot of people obviously don't know that you haven't had sex until you tell them. Mm -hmm. So most people kind of just assume that you might have had, like, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something, and you've done it then. And it's not until you actually say, like, I'm a virgin, I haven't had sex, then things can get quite awkward because people suddenly think, oh, maybe she's a giant prude and she doesn't like talking about sex. And it's not that at all. It's, <laughs> it's just, definitely not I that. haven't had the chance. <laughs> you haven't had the <laughs> chance. Not, I'm not saving myself or anything. I'm just like, I just haven't had the opportunity to. Are you picky or? But it wasn't like going to be safe sex. So I was like, mm, let's not do that. So are you picky or? I don't like... I obviously want it to be special because like it's your first time and I think everyone wants it to be like that you'd remember it and you don't regret it. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. but at the same time I'm kind of at the stage now where I'm like literally anyone can just fuck me and I'd be okay with it almost (laughs) so (laughs) how flattering for me um but yeah so it's kind of um it's yeah I'm not I wouldn't say I'm picky but I would like it to be someone I like and who would respect me and stuff like that yeah, that, that that makes sense, I suppose. Um, so, do you, do you ever feel as though like your friends and stuff like that they talk about sex quite a bit? I imagine. Yeah, well, it's interesting. My friends at uni they talk about sex quite a lot because um, they've all got like boyfriends and girlfriends, and so they talk about it a lot. And it's just something that always comes up in conversation about like what they did with their boyfriend, like da And that's fine because I can join in on that and like talk about stuff like that. Like. I'm not like a complete version, I do know what sex is and I have experienced some stuff. But then with my friends back at home, a lot of them are just starting out with like boyfriends and stuff. I, we went to an all-girls Catholic school back hmm. home, so chances of meeting boys were very, very slim. So most of us haven't actually had like proper boyfriends until... You just got it on with each other, right? Pardon? You just got it on with each other, right? Isn't that, yeah. isn't that the Catholic <laughs> schoolgirl thing? Well, the nuns didn't really like us doing that, so it was a bit awkward. <laughs> so, so there's like full nuns and things like that? Yeah, there were nuns. My math teacher was a nun. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got a Catholic school around the corner from where I live, right? And it's it's nothing like that. It's I think it, for a fair while it had the highest uh, pregnancy rate out of any school in, in oh, our no, city. We, we did have a high pregnancy rate. There were three girls in my year who got pregnant. One of them were twins. That was impressive. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's mental. So, like, you you, no, you noted quickly on the fact that you're not a complete virgin, right? Um, yeah. So, what have you done? Um. Well, this is a fun story. I got really, really drunk. It was a flatmate's birthday, and it was me, him, and another guy, and we went out for drinks. Um, and it kind of turned into us, me and the guy, making out on the rugby pitch. On the rugby pitch. Kiss. Yeah, on the rugby Classy pitch. Lucy. Real classy. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't great. And then going back to his flat, and we did um, everything but sex. So, like, oral, um, like, fingering, a blowjob. But um, we were going to go all the way, but neither of us had a condom. And right. I was like, I don't really want my first time to be worrying about getting pregnant and, like, the morning after pill and everything like that. So, Makes sense. I stopped. Yeah which sometimes I kind of regret, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay, and obviously you enjoyed that experience, right? Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I was very, very drunk, and he was also very, very drunk. Like, it was complete, everything was consensual, and yeah. we were just very drunk. Not not always a bad thing. It makes you relax a lot more, I find. Yeah, I don't think I would have slept with, like, almost slept with my roommate if I hadn't, or flatmate if I hadn't been so drunk. Yeah, right, right. Um, so... Yeah, if you were sober, it's not something that you would have gone for or agreed to, or what's the go with that? No, I would have, like, if he hadn't been my flatmate, I would have done it because he's like a hot guy and my type and everything, but it was just because he was my flatmate. So if I was sober, I wouldn't have done that because it's just really awkward to do stuff like that with right. someone that you have to live with for the next two years. So, okay, okay. so what's your ideal type? What's your. Um, you, said, you said that he, guys, he was your kind of guy. So, but in guys, I only like rugby player builds. So, like broad shoulders, thick thighs, like muscly, can kind of pick me up and throw me around. <laughs> uh, and then in girls, I almost like the complete opposite. I like tiny little petite girls with like pretty hair and are just gorgeous to look at. 
yeah. I, I feel as though the, the the female form is a lot nicer to look at than what the male form is in general, though. Oh, like 100%. A, a, a naked right? female is, is infinitely more attractive than some dude that looks like he's got a midget's elephant trunk hanging out of his midsection. Yeah, no, 100% girls are so sexy. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't get aroused now. We're only talking about it. <laughs> I know you are too, I can tell. Oh my God. <laughs> Am I wrong though? <laughs> let, 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 let's, let's just be straight for the listeners though this is kind of a natural occurrence for Not you straight. isn't it Pardon? it's kind of a natural occurrence for you to get turned on quite easily isn't it yeah like obviously there's not much that doesn't turn me on and I feel like because I haven't like had chance to let it all out almost it's just kind of Yes, but like you, you've I'm just glad I'm not a guy because imagine if I was a guy and I would just have like a boner every five seconds. Like. <laughs> okay, th- this is where it's good being a girl. I think you can yeah, be in- no incredibly aroused, and no one's gonna tell a fucking thing, <laughs> a- a- unless you know you're that wet that you're literally dripping down your thigh or something like that. I've never been that bad. Like. You've never been that bad. <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel as though you may have been and just not known. Yeah, see? I've worked you out far too easily, Lucy. Don't like that. Okay, so how, how old were you when you got with your flatmate? Was it this year or? Yeah, it was this year, so it was in November. It was for his birthday, so when I started present <laughs> And um, so there was fingering and, and oral and everything like that, obviously. Yeah. Um, so he came? No, neither of us did. Neither of you did. That's disappointing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was oh, I don't want to rat him out because I know he won't listen to this, but I don't want to rat him out because it's already bad because we're like mates now. But um, can I find my vagina? Hey, what? Couldn't find my vagina, like his, the finger me. It was really weird. Fingers. You're just kind of like jabbing down there, and I was like, oh, "Can you just do that properly, please?" <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to laugh because that that is really, really awful um, for me to to yeah. laugh at something. Like and like it, it's, I know it would be kind of a weird spot for you to do this, but did you like guide him to the right spot or anything like that? Or? Oh yeah, I was there to enjoy myself. Like I was gonna. Like, make sure that I had fun too. Now, yeah, because this is an interesting thing, and it seems to be um, something of a recurring theme on this podcast, is that a lot of guys can be quite selfish when it comes to that sort of thing. Did you feel like he was being selfish and just wanted to... Kind of, but at the same time, like, he was really nice about everything. Like, he almost didn't expect me to do anything. Like, I made it really clear to him multiple times that this was my first time doing anything. Like, Mm -hmm. that was, like, my first proper kiss with a guy as well. That sounds awful, but it was, like... No. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) So, everything was, like, really fresh and new for me. And, obviously, I was quite... Not scared about the whole thing, but, like, nervous. Like, I had spoken to this with my best... About this with my friend, like, a couple of months ago, like... I said I'd be really scared in my first time that I was doing everything wrong. Yeah, sure. And I think most people have that thought. So, like, 
and he was really reassuring like he told like when I was giving him a hand job I don't know why I did the hand actually when I was giving him a hand job I was like um like making sure that I was doing it right and that he was having fun and then like but he was also like making sure that I was enjoying myself as well so right. like it was really nice so did he's he... a nice guy it just kind of ended awkwardly did he go down on you as well yeah well no I sat on his face <laughs> He just kind of pulled me off onto it, and I was like, oh, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> and was he alright with that, at least? Yeah, I was fine with that, and he was like, well, he started it all, so I was like, oh, he must be okay with this then. Yeah, but he knew, he, yeah. He, he knew what he was doing once he got his tongue down there, is what I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yet you still didn't come? No, well, I think he was kind of like, uh, he. I think he wanted to go like full all the way and go sex. Yeah. But obviously, I was like, mm, this is not, I just didn't want to do it and have to risk getting pregnant and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Because, Hang on. like, it was only my second or third month at uni, and I was like, I don't know right. any of the girls here well enough to start asking, can we go to the doctors and get me the morning after pill or whatever? Yeah, sure. I was like, sure. So yeah. I was just kind of like, I don't want to have that risk. Because I knew that no matter how much of a nice guy he was, he wouldn't do that with me. Yeah. Like, so, I was like, mm, I um, so, did all this happen still in the middle of the rugby field? No, 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 we went back to his flat. Okay. We went back to his flat. <laughs> <laughs> we were in his room. Because I was going to say, was for, it was fine. For, Everything a, was fine. for a first time, that's pretty adventurous. Yeah, no, it wasn't in the rugby pitch, don't worry. <laughs> but you, you, hooked, you started kissing on the rugby pitch and then made your way back to Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, I'm not sorry, I didn't make that very clear, did I? <laughs> so, was this the first time you'd seen a, a male penis? Like, erect? In real life? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, my, my question here for you is, like, you see it, it's there in front of you. What's what's your reaction? How do you feel? What goes through your I'm head? I'm kind of, like, surprised. Because obviously, like, I've seen them in, like, or movies and in porn and stuff. So I was like, I knew what to expect. Mm. But suddenly just to have it like in front of you, like hard standing upright and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a bit of a surprise. So mm. I kind of just, like he had his hand on it. Mm -hmm. And so I just put my hand kind of like on top of his and then he took his hand away and I was like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm touching a dick. Now I've got a dick in my like, hand. Oh, this is what happened. This is, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like, I wasn't entirely sure do because I'd heard all these like horror stories because obviously in an all-girls school there obviously are some girls who get like have boyfriends and stuff yeah, and yeah. then there were all these stories about like there was the infamous girl who broke the guy's dick and then there was like all these horror stories and I was like oh my god I'm gonna break his dick I'm gonna <laughs> completely mess him up and then he definitely won't want to be my friend after this like <laughs> so he's quite well endowed or uh yeah yeah you don't have to be yeah. nervous about that that's a good thing no I don't like I've never seen I've never seen a real life one since. Okay. So I don't really know how to like explain. But yeah, it was like a good size. Yeah. Okay. It would have done the job. It would have done the job if 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 there were a condom available. Yeah. <laughs> those those dastardly lack of condom situations. Yeah. Yeah, so, I then told my friend like who I live with afterwards, and she then slipped the condom under each of us all the next <laughs> the next time. That's magnificent. 
Now, it, it's okay. kind of interesting because I don't know about in the UK, but we get free condoms from sexual health clinics here. Is I that... mean, I probably probably could have done that, but also it was like three o'clock in the morning. We were both drunk, and um, I don't know. Like, you can do that, and I mm-hmm. think from in the UK, from the age of sixteen, you can go to like any pharmacy and just get condoms for free. But um, I just, we had never been told about that in school because obviously our and, sex ed in school was yeah. very very different to what most. We're going to touch on that a little bit later as well because that's yeah. that's going to be an important part of this. Because um, yeah. obviously, like like I said, I started this podcast to to become a sexual educator. Um, yeah, and to, I to, think that's really important. Yeah, right? to teach people, you know, um, that it's not so much how to do sex or you know the STIs yeah. and everything like that. The way that I want to speak to to people about it is more around the consent side of things and 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 that side as well because what? I feel as though the mental side. Of, of sex is not taught almost at all. Yeah. It's interesting because while we weren't taught about like contraception and things like that, we were taught about consent. That what? was like a big part of our thing. Like, yeah, I don't know why. I thought it was a really interesting way of looking at it, especially when you talk to other people. So that when we were in school, we just kind of accepted that that was what everyone was taught. Like, no one was taught about contraception and everyone was taught about consent yeah. but we were always taught I remember it was by a really scary nun and we were all in a really cold assembly hall in December <laughs> and she basically stood us at the front and was like saying all this stuff it was mostly about puberty but mm-hmm. then I got on to consent and it was like you should only do stuff if you're comfortable doing it don't care about what the guy says obviously it was all straight sex ed but yeah. only do it if you want to do it don't care about what the guy says everything that the guy says is almost like He's only doing that because he wants to get you into bed, and obviously that's not completely true. But it's like, <laughs> like you kind of have to look after yourself. I, I mean, there was stuff about like saving yourself for the one that you're going to marry. Yeah, but I, I, I find to... that really interesting from a Catholic point of view. If um, anybody's looked into Catholic history, consent's yeah. not really a big thing. No. Well, I think I don't know. I think because it was an all-girls school, like we were. At an all-girls school, it's really interesting talking to them, people who haven't gone to all-girls schools. Like, we're taught a lot of stuff. Like, there was a very big, our head teacher, whilst also being a nun, was quite a big feminist and was all about us having the same opportunities as guys, if not more opportunities than guys. Even though nuns don't have the same opportunities as their male counterparts in Catholicism. Yeah, yeah. That seems a little bit at odds, you know? Yeah, it was a bit odd, but then... I think she was just, I, she was an amazing woman, our head teacher, like, she was absolutely incredible, and okay. the way that she taught us was, like, she didn't actually teach us, but the way she, like, ran her assemblies and ran her school was just very much, you're girls, and in a very male-dominated world, you're going to get every single opportunity that I can sign you guys up from, or, so right. we did, like, amazing trips to China, oh, wow. New York, we did um, something with UN like we had all these things that we could go and do and she's like you're going to do them all because you need to get the same education as guys and you I want you to have almost the same education as rich private boys in a fee paying school in an ordinary catholic state school that was almost the kind of level that she wanted us to be at right so so yeah. it was a catholic state school that you were in it wasn't private or anything like that no no no, no. like it, it took everyone you have to have to be catholic 
and technically you were? Yeah, I'm technically Catholic. Like, Do you still consider was... yourself Catholic now? Um, I mean, my mum and I have kind of a deal. Like, when I'm at home, I'll go to church with her. Right. Um, and I'll, like, do all the church stuff. But she knows that I'm not, I don't 100% agree with everything. And she says that's okay. But she says that until I, she just thinks that going somewhere for an hour a week where you don't have to think about anything apart from just saying the prayers, she yeah. thinks that's a really important thing for, like, your mental well-being. Just where you don't almost have to think about what's happening. Yeah, you sure. Do it. So, I, get, I get what you mean. And like, I agree. And like, I would say that I was spiritual. I don't think that going to Catholic school all your life, you can suddenly just drop all of that and say, yeah, I don't believe anything. Yeah. But I do just struggle with some like abortion, and like sex before marriage, and the gay, like LGBTQ rights and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you, you, you kind of have to be into the LGBTQ plus rights and everything because... Yeah, I'm bi. Yeah, you're yeah. bi. So, but you haven't come out to your parents yet, have you? No. Yeah, that's a bit of a sore point. Like, I don't know. Lots of my friends are, especially back home, are gay. It's really interesting because we always bring up, you know, that statistic that went around the internet a couple of years ago, like, one in ten people are gay. We're like, well, that's false because there's 11 of us in our group. And I think there's only three straights. <laughs> And we always make a joke about how they're like the straights, like in the group of gays, where it's normally the gay in the group of straights. Yeah, but then you've got the Tories. Yeah, well, it's really, yeah, it's really interesting that other an all-girls Catholic school, you can find so many gay students. What a <laughs> surprise, because, you know, they're not going to explore or anything while they're going through puberty, are they? No, some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, if you get... If you get a group of people, regardless of gender, regardless of orientation, regardless of, you know, whatever, they're going to explore. They're yeah. going to discover. And I, I, I sort of, I'd sit there and I do wonder about um, the, the statistics of, you know, uh, same-sex schools as opposed to co-ed schools and, and sexual orientation from that. Um, yeah, I think it might unearth some interesting results. I don't know. I think that my mom chose to send us to an all-girls school, me and my sister, because statistically, girls do better educationally oh, in an yeah. all-girls environment. No, so no. that's that was what she did for us. Yeah, that's whereas a, boys do better in a mixed environment. That's a hundred percent true. Um, yeah, and and, and I've, I know this quite well because um, it's the whole. Um, distraction thing, I think I remember. Because yeah. um, I, I, like, I learned about this in high school in as well. School, you don't, you, girls don't have to perform for anyone. They're yeah. just there. There's no boys. There's nothing to distract them. Well, why we would be distracted by boys, I don't know. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm it, pretty distracted. <laughs> yeah, you're there to get an education and there's nothing really yeah. else to and distract you. Whereas in a mixed school, apparently the boys take a lot of the control of the classroom and even if there's a boy who's like at this level and there's a girl who's much cleverer than him I don't know based on exam the boy will always get the most attention because he's the one who'll be the loudest in the classroom that sounds, so I don't know that yeah that sounds That's like me bit. when I was at school but, yeah 
except my not to be fair my grades are quite high as well so i can yeah i, I have that to fall back on still you can justify it yeah so you've never had a boyfriend or a girlfriend right yeah neither neither and um i, I find that strange because i'm well, more recently, I've become more of a relationship-based guy. Um, yeah. But I think, like, growing up, especially when you head to uni or college or whatever, I feel as though it's something that's almost frowned upon in, in a weird term. You're kind of expected to have a boyfriend or something by that time, if you get yeah. what I mean, or to find one there's, during that time. Yeah, just... Uh, obviously... I'm not, like, I'd love to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and I'd love to be, like, in a relationship. But at the same time, I'm like, I need to make sure that I'm doing well. And I don't think I would have been able, like, first year at uni was hard enough, like, with no, making yeah, me live in a new place, all with, like, exams and work and stuff. I don't think I would have been able to do that with a boyfriend or girlfriend as well. Like, right. I, don't, I think that would have just been too much. Yeah. So, obviously now, like, I am hoping to get one. I don't know. That sounds weird. Or like I can just magic one up in my basement or something. So, but... so you're, you're on the prowl is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no luck so far or what's going on? Um, well, it's, it's complicated because like lots of my friends are in relationships and they're in relationships with people they've been with at home. Like one of the girls that I live with, like she's a really good friend. She was with her, she's been with her boyfriend for four years. So like obviously that's a really long time when you're 19. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. Um, so but she doesn't want to go out and stuff because she has a boyfriend. Whereas like I'm like please can we go out and meet guys? Like <laughs> it's a bit awkward or meet girls. And I'm, so it's it's hard. But I'm like getting there. I went on a date. Well no, we went for drinks. I was very clear that it was drinks. But um yeah, he was a bit weird, so I didn't text him back. Weird in what way? And he was a, well, I was the first, I was first year. He was a 24-year-old graduated math teacher. And I was a bit like, this is a bit much to go straight in. And he was like, he was, he was just, when we were talking and stuff, he was a bit sexist and a little bit out there. And also, I somehow managed to get the conversation onto the rugby. And I have a very limited knowledge about rugby. I only know what. My dad has been shouting at the television for however long. So, and I was suddenly talking about rugby with a boy who knew a lot about rugby. And I felt a bit like an idiot. And I could only talk about my guy friends who played rugby. And I don't think that on a first date you should really be talking about other guys. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Maybe, I don't know. It was just, it maybe was just he's in the closet still. Yeah. No? No. <laughs> Definitely not in the closet? No. Oh, oh! I didn't think about that. Oh no! <laughs> poor, poor guys, probably out there just going. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I need to date yeah. women because that's what's expected of me. I know. I felt I felt really bad not replying to his text, but I was like, but they don't uh, want to go out again. And I'm the kind of person who would have just agreed to it, not to hurt his feelings. Uh, and that see, I didn't want to lead him on either. <laughs> see, now I, I think that's dangerous. I don't I don't like that. No, I, I know. I think you've got to let people know where they stand yeah I'm getting better at it I'm getting better yeah even if it's just hey thanks for the drink but no thanks you know yeah that's why I just I kind of said that was nice 
I'll text you. And then I didn't text <laughs> That's him. so rough. I know, it's really bad. And if you say you're going to text someone, text them. Jeez. <laughs> I'm such a bitch. That's, that's, no, you're not that. It's just ruthless. Poor dudes. I know. Poor dudes, you know. know. Okay, but who asked who out for a drink? He asked you? Uh, we went in a club um, and then I got his number and then he... No, he got my number and then he texted me saying, do you want to go for a drink? So I was like, yeah, that would be fun. Mm. And then when we met on the drink, I realised that he was 24. And not that I have anything against older guys, but I thought when I was 19 and he was 24 and he was graduating, like living in his own house with his own job and I was still at uni doing all the first year uni stuff, I thought that was a bit like, that's just too much of an age difference almost. And it's not just an age difference, but like an experience difference. What's, What's weird about this is you're like me. Yeah. Do you know how old I am? Why oh, you told me I'm a sorry band, I can't remember, like 20... I'm 28. Oh. I turn 29 yeah. next month. I, I do like all the guys. I don't know. <laughs> I've just thrown a spanner in the works here, haven't I? Yeah, you're making me sound really awful again. <laughs> am, am I too old for you? Huh? Is that what's going on? Huh? 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 No! <laughs> Like, I don't know, there was just, I just felt like there was too much of a gap between the two of us when it was with him. There was yeah. like just too it, much. So it's, it's, it's not just age, is what you're saying. It wasn't the fact yeah, that there was... Yeah, it wasn't like, I had nothing against him being older. It was just that he was, there was so much that was different in between us. Like yeah, the, was, the lifestyle, right? Yeah, like he lived in his own house alone, or a flat. And I was living in a, in a hall with 12 other people. Sharing a kitchen, cooking, apps, like just eating pasta every single day, and he was like going, well, probably not going out to fancy restaurants because he was only a teacher, but yeah. like, there's like that kind of difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. The, the, the bit that I love about this <laughs> is a nightclub in Reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be honest, Reading's a shithole. Yeah, but it's all shit all the time. <laughs> the, f- the thought of going out to a club in Reading is is akin to leaving your car unlocked in Liverpool. Oh, it's not that bad, <laughs> and it was a nice club that we were in. Like it was one of the nicer clubs in Reading. Reading <laughs> that almost sounds like a compliment. That almost sounds like a compliment. I just, uh, it was, oh, we had nowhere else to go. It's not like we can go. Like going into London is so expensive, so we just stay in Reading in these little shitty clubs in Reading. <laughs> and we make do with what we find. Normally, it's just other students, so it's fine because you know all know that you're in a shithole. It's when you meet like actual like people who have jobs. And like this guy you went on a date with. Not students. <laughs> like the guy you went on a date with. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> The look, the look on your face right now is priceless, by the way. This is this is the first interview I've done um, over Skype where there's been a video involved. So this is absolutely oh, fantastic. Oh, no. Yeah, so I've, I've usually either got people in front of me or it's just audio. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm finding this absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so let, let, let's dial it back a little bit now. Let's wind it back, okay? Um, so... 
when did you first start exploring yourself, start masturbating, I guess? Um, when I was about 16. 16? I didn't, yeah, I didn't really, before, like, I didn't really know that girls could do it. I thought it was just something that guys could do. No right. one talks about girls doing it. And, like, obviously, it's not something that we were taught at school. I don't think anyone is, but, like, it's not, like, it's not, it was never mentioned. And it was only when my friend, like, we did a sexuality quiz with my friends at lunchtime once because we were bored and that was the only thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then one of the questions was, like, when you masturbate, who do you think about? And I was like, oh, I, I thought I had clicked on, like, the wrong one, like, the guy, I thought I had actually clicked on, like, the guy's one or something. Right. And my friend was like, no, you, you can do that, Lucy, like, that's something that you can do. And I was like, oh, okay. But then that was, like, a couple of years before, like, when I was 14, 15, and it wasn't until I was 16 that I thought, might as well try and give this a go. And <laughs> I don't think the first time I did it right at all. <laughs> I was terrified because... Well, you're still I, learning I, about your body, right? Pardon? You're still learning yeah, like, about your body at that was, point. I knew what I was doing and stuff. But I just, like, the first time I definitely didn't come. Because <laughs> um, I was also terrified, like, I'd only seen people with, like, where it was girls squirting all this stuff. And I was like, <laughs> how do I explain that to my mum when I look like I've wet the bed? Like, <laughs> how do I? So, I was like, I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> okay, so, so how long did it take for you to, to come then? How many times did you have to go through um, the process? I think I event- I think it was like two weeks and then I did it in the shower. Right. Because I thought if it's in the shower then obviously if something bad happens then it's okay. So so it's more and, probably your your own mental side of it that was stopping yeah. you from Yeah, and I wasn't like I didn't even think to use use anything else. I wasn't watching porn or reading anything. I was literally just in no. my bedroom in the dark with covers all the way over the top of me but no one was happening if I came in because it, well, it would have been almost like a, a shame thing right as yeah. well because you've been brought up in a catholic household we've, we've gone over that where sex isn't like a a thing yeah. for lack of a better term no, and even then even then we don't my family don't really talk about sex it's not like a thing we do we're an Irish catholic family so that's like the worst of the worst yeah, yeah. like everything is taboo so, um, yeah, it wasn't a shame thing, but it was also like, I don't want to get caught doing it, not just because it would be shameful, but also like, I wouldn't know how to explain what I was doing, (laughs) almost. Oh, you know, I was just putting my my fingers in my vagina, you know? I wasn't even doing it, I was just touching my clit, like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so once once you'd come in the shower and you realised... You know, there wasn't all the stuff that sprayed out everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, you started. I'm guessing you started doing it in your in your bed and stuff like that. I'm guessing. Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it would just be like later. I was always, I was always scared of being heard. That was another thing. Cause my room is right next door to my parents' room. Right, and so, you're not very quiet. Yeah, and then obviously, so I was. I not trained myself, but I was very quiet. Like, I wouldn't moan or anything but then obviously when I was doing stuff with and the guy that I lived with that first time he was like make some noise so I know that you're enjoying yourself and I was like I've never had to do that before I've always known that I was enjoying myself so I didn't need to yeah, like right. validate it and he was suddenly asking me to make noise and I was again conscious that 
there was someone on the other side of the wall who could hear us, and I was like, I don't really want to be heard. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's not like a shame thing. It's more like I don't want to. It was three o'clock in the morning. I was like, I've been woken up at three o'clock in the morning to hear the people next to me having sex. It's not a fun thing to be woken up to. Either that, or you so just like, fap yourself thinking about it. Not personally, living next door to me and her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. I hope they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. It's fine. You don't know who I am. You haven't used my surname. It's okay. <laughs> there can't be too many Lucys that go to the that go to Reading. I know three already. Like, there are three in my French class. So. <laughs> ah, see, there you go. So, they narrowed it down to three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where were we? Um, masturbating. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. So, obviously just using your fingers and everything like that, to begin yeah. with. Um, have you ever moved upwards from that? To, to Yeah, so I have a toy now. Okay. Um, I have a rampant rabbit, which I feel like I always have to explain. So it's like a dildo, which vibrates, and then it has a little, like, it looks like a little claw. But they're, they're called rabbit ears, and they sit on your clit, and they also vibrate. So it's like double stimulation, and it's really good. <laughs> so, do do you come more from clitoral stimulation or through penetration? Yeah. yeah. Can you I, come from both? Yeah, I can do both. It's just I just find the clit more fun. Like it, it, that's going to over quicker. Like you can have more fun in a shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. Which, which makes so, sense in a student's life. It's just like, okay, study break. Okay, back to study. I don't do that. I'm not like, I don't do it in study break. Like, I mostly only do it at night when I'm... You don't study at night? I do study at night, but I don't just have a study break. And like, I only, I'll do it like before I go to sleep. So so it's a sleep aid. Masturbation is a sleep aid. Yeah, but only when I'm horny, like... That's 99% of the time, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can't say only when I'm horny when you're dripping by the thigh already. <laughs> Honestly, guys, if you could see Lucy's face right now, she's gone as red as a beetroot. She cannot stop giggling like a little, funnily enough, a little Catholic schoolgirl. <laughs> Quite, quite fantastic. Oh, my dryer's just stopped. Yay. Warm clothes. See, middle of winter here. It's quite cold. You're, you're sitting there in like this the smallest little I don't know, no, tank top. No, it's, it's just really low cut and I feel really bad. Like, I feel like I'm not, you look like I'm not wearing any clothes, which I am wearing clothes, I promise. That's alright, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> I'm wearing pants. You're wearing well, pants. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm disappointed. Sorry, I didn't know it was that kind of party. <laughs> it's always that kind of party when you're on the Ice Light podcast. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, okay, so you you moved up to toys, obviously. Um, yeah. You've still only been orally orally sexual with one guy. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've said that you're bi as well. Um, what yeah. have you done with girls? Um, I've kissed a girl, but it was in a game of like. Did you like it? The... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's very kissing a guy is really different to kissing a guy. That's right. Like I like the guys that I've kissed, they've all had like stubble and stuff, so obviously that like itch and it doesn't itch, but it's like you can feel it. Yeah. Whereas like girls are obviously like smooth. And they're just it's a lot nice uh, no, not nicer. It's, it's just they're very different, like a lot more some, sensual. Yeah, like and girls it's a lot softer. Yeah. And it's not like some guys would literally just start kissing you and then jam their tongue down your throat and you're like <laughs> <laughs> For those who can't see it was like a bigger shock face. But it was yeah, whereas girls it's like they take their time and they make it count almost. I mean it was only truth or dare with like my best friend, but still. And did did that get your your juices flowing? Get your motor running? I mean, I was already like three double vodka and lemonade in, so yeah. <laughs> so you were probably like that before you'd even gotten to the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking of a really hot girl. I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> um, so is it, again, due to the lack of opportunity, you haven't done more? Yeah, and also, like, obviously I'm not out to my parents, so I wouldn't know. So it's not like I could, I mean, I, I wouldn't bring a guy back here anyway, but I couldn't bring a girl back here at the start like making out on the couch or whatever like it would have to be so that's awkward and also like I'm just more awkward around girls because I don't want to like just assume whereas with guys you can almost know that he's wants he's not into you because I'd never assume that but like he would like to have sex whereas with girls you're like she might be straight and then that's the most awkward thing in the world like coming on to a straight girl. Okay, no, I've got a great <laughs> saying for this, and the guys listening will probably know this, right? Um, yeah. Is even spaghetti straight until it's wet? Oh, I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that. But also, like, there's just, there's a line between that point where they're still straight enough to know that they don't want to make out with you. <laughs> no, you can change that, though. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Also, like, with a guy, like, there's nothing to compare yourself to. Like, obviously, he's going to compare you to every other girl that he slept with. But with a girl, it's very, it's a lot more physical. You can see, like, oh, she's got things there that I don't, or I'm curvier than her, or I'm bigger than her, or, like, things is, like that. And it, I feel, like, a lot of pressure as well. Yeah, I was going to say, is it good to be comparing yourself to other people? Probably not, but it's just something that I always do. So Deal I don't know. It. It, it's not a good thing, I don't think, but it's just something that I do. Right. Okay. And that, that's that's sort of fair enough. It, it is kind of human nature to be doing that anyway. Yeah. So I I can't really blame you from that. Um, so no. we we we're gonna yeah okay. Um, have you ever used any other sort of props or anything like porn, anything like that? Well, have you, you're a porn watcher, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I watch porn. It's not my favourite thing to use. Okay. Like, because, I don't know, it's, it's obviously all very male-centred, like it's all, almost always for guys to watch. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there are um, there are things on um, Pornhub now that are for women. Yeah, I've watched a few of them, but that's 
I said that it looked exactly it looked it's exactly not, the same as regular porn when I went through it um, a couple of episodes yeah. ago. <laughs> it's it's good stuff, but at the same time, like just I don't I prefer like reading erotic stuff that gets that turns me on more than just watching two people having sex. Which turns us on to how we actually got to know each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> was, was through my erotica. Great, great stuff. Was what, sorry? You write great stuff. Yeah, so for, for those that don't know, I haven't actually talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, oh, okay. But I, I write um, basically kink erotica in a short yeah. story format, right? It's probably the best way yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the way I describe it, but I do it much sounding um, much better. Can you remember which story it was that got you hooked? Um, I don't I can't remember the name, but it was the one where it was the sub and then she had a, a, a dominatrix mm-hmm. and she like being punished and then I think it was both of their doms came in. Right. So he was one dom but he was both of their dom and he like then punished them both and that was like Yeah, so I that's, just kind of, pretty sure that's my most recent one. Yeah, I think that was it. And then yeah. I've like read a couple of yours since then. You haven't told me that. Did I not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. So, yeah. so basically, you're you're frigging yourself to 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 me writing things. Not just you, but yeah. <laughs> I, I have a small sense of pride in that. I'm not gonna lie. You know. You should know. It's really good stuff. You're not the only one, by the way. Um, no, I didn't think I was. Certainly not the only one. There's a, a a few people that I've talked to and whatnot on there. There's there's one story um, from there called Leah's Bondage. I'm not sure if you've read that yet, but I had I must have had a good twenty messages um, asking me to write a spin-off series from it oh, about yeah. about some of the other yeah. characters, and I thought I, I'm not fucking friends. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not Cheers. I'm not Frasier. Not Boston legal. <laughs> no, it's really good. And like, I I didn't. I just found it by searching in Tumblr, erotic stories, and then just like scrolling down and finding it like that. So, yeah. So basically, I, I used the right hashtags. <laughs> yeah, you used the right hashtags. And then obviously you messaged me, and I was like, because I don't like. I didn't realize because I was just scrolling through like the search thing. You don't like click on people's blogs, mm-hmm. so I just thought, oh, maybe this is a one-off. I'll move on to the next thing, almost. Or like, I think you did the job, and I just kind of went to sleep, and it was lost <laughs> forever. <laughs> I did the job. <laughs> and then you... from from literally the <laughs> other side of the world, we, like we couldn't gen- genuinely couldn't live further apart, New Zealand and the <laughs> UK. I did the job. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Yeah, and then you messaged me and I read the rest of the rest of the stuff as well, so. Magnificent. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for that. Um, so what were we talking about before we got onto that? We were talking about something. Mm-mm, I can't remember. Before how we met. No, I've lost it too. We were talking about girls. Yep, what you done with girls and... Yeah, so... It actually did lead into a point which we were going to bring up at some point, um, because you're reading kink erotica, is yeah. is what it was, and with you being a virgin, but you like kink, I 
it, it's it's a distinguishment that a lot of people wouldn't be able to to separate. Yeah. Is, is um, kink a sexual thing for you, or is it? Uh, yeah, a, a physical thing or emotional thing. No, I like the I I do like the idea of being tied up and stuff, and um, I don't. There's some bits of the kink side that I really don't like, and I really wouldn't. I'd never do. Okay. Um, and obviously, like those bits, I just like completely avoid. Mm -hmm. But then there is stuff that I'm like, oh, that does look like fun. I would like to try that at some point. But I'm also I don't know, like, you talked in your last episode about how um, you go to, like... Oh, no, this wouldn't have been my last one. This is oh, probably, probably a few while ago, yeah. Yeah, and it was about how you go to, like... This is probably the wrong way to name them, but kink clubs. Mm -hmm. And you, like, do scenes there. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether I'd ever be able to do that. Um, so yours would be just in the bedroom kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't... I don't, I've never, like, experienced, like, a kink club that's I, that's not the right name is it no it's all right an, an event an event there we go and uh, um so yeah but i've never experienced that i mean it would be, i don't know whether i could do it straight away like maybe can you just go and watch mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah I, I, I would i would never expect anybody to go and actually do stuff at a play party um the yeah. first time going to one so, yeah but i don't know it's just like Obviously, I'd heard of them, but I'd never really like knew what was involved and stuff. So yeah. it's just interesting. Because your 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 Tumblr blog's basically a kink slash porn blog, really, isn't it? The one that we met on. You cut out. Sorry, you have you got out. me? I didn't hear that. Never got you still. Yeah. I'm yeah. Back. So your your blog on Tumblr is basically a a porn blog or kink blog, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, um, how do you know that you're into that stuff if it's not something you've experienced? It turns me on. I don't know. Like, I haven't experienced normal sex, but I know that I enjoy. I would enjoy that. Yeah. Right. I haven't. So it's yeah. Like it turns me on, and it. I like to look at it when I'm masturbating. Yeah. Okay. So. So I just assumed that I would like it, and like I've done some like sexting, mm -hmm. and like they talk about that stuff, like what they would do to me. That sounds kind of bad, but like what yeah, they no, do no, to I get, me. I get what you're saying. I like all of that. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Okay, um, but you've not really experienced anything in the kink world yourself, right? No. But you want to. Yeah. <laughs> the smile on your face didn't say it all. <laughs> um, so how did you sort of in the in this whole journey thing that you that you've done, how did you come to realise that you were into some kinky stuff or was that through um, porn or kind of it was do people remember the years of Wattpad and like how that was a big thing? The what? So Wattpad is like Shows my age. You it's like an app that you can download and you can read. People write stories and you can read them. Most of it was like, oh, right. like fan fiction and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then there were people who were writing like erotic stories, 
and there was one I can't remember the name of it and it was this couple and they like did loads and loads of like kinky stuff and I mean that was even before I was masturbating so I didn't even know I, I obviously could feel myself being turned on but I didn't really know what to do with it so I just left it alone <laughs> right <laughs> um, but they did loads of kinky stuff like being tied up and being like whipped and spanked and all this kind of stuff and I like yeah yeah that was I liked that and I thought oh that would be fun to try and then I got onto porn and like realizing that you that people do do that some of this porn stuff is a bit extreme though like I think for me anyway so, so what, what what are you into what has tickled your fancy thus far um so I like like the dom sub stuff so and and then being like tied up being spanked being whipped um it's easy to tell you what I don't like okay let's do that then I don't like the idea of being tied up and gagged that scares me okay I feel like I have no control obviously I know that I'm not as a sub you're not really meant to have very much control but there's no way for me to say stop see that's where I disagree okay subs have all the power okay because they can stop it at any time. Yeah. In, like, that's with, why I don't... With a responsible dog. And when when you're tied up and gagged, there's... Okay, this is where be, you being new to this might not know about this side of things. Yeah. Is that you, you negotiate what can and can't be done before you do something. Okay. And part of that is if you can't speak, then there's another sign that can be given, whether it's... A tapping of the hand or a shake of the head or a nod of the head three times or something like that um, so there's always that level of control there purely for that reason and and how it can happen so you've got to negotiate these things beforehand so you can play safely I didn't know that, so. sorry what was that I, I didn't know that yeah at all, so. so and the, then like and this is yeah, why this is why the likes of Fifty Shades of Grey is a dangerous film because people go in and go. Yeah, I've never sure read that. Thank goodness. I didn't like. I read loads of things about how it was really bad and it portrayed everything really badly, and apparently it's just a crap story as well. So yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not going to waste my time on that. And there's other stuff out there that I can read and watch. So yeah. So and and this that that right there is another part of the reason I started this podcast is. I've I've been in the kink scene for quite quite a long time now. Yeah. Um, and this is the sort of knowledge that doesn't sometimes filter through for people who haven't gotten into like a kink community or something like that. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, having these discussions I think is super important. Um, yeah, for people that are, that are coming into to kink. Learn this stuff almost like before I go into anything so I know what to expect if I do do anything like that mm -hmm. I think I, it's really interesting to me and I just think it's really important that people do know about it even if they don't want to ever do it Yeah. but that they just know what it's like well like for, for example I've got before I play with anyone you know, 99 times out of 100 there's always the odd one or two that might you know the the connection is so intense that I won't do it but I've got like a checklist oh, okay. for lack of a better term for things you will do have done want to try won't try 
Right. Um, and that's purely so that both people are on the same sort of level. But even yeah. even then, yeah. if I'm going from from then, I'm going into a scene with somebody. It's something that I'll always talk about what I'm going to do in that scene and what I might yeah. do, what I might not do. Um, and that's purely so the partner that I'm with um, knows what to expect as well. Yeah. But I'm I'm also very vocal in scenes as well, like while things are happening. I'm forever checking on the person that I'm playing with and making sure that they're okay. Yeah. Um, but not all DS dynamics are like that. No, yeah, I know that. Like that sounds like a good healthy one. But I um, know that there obviously are some out there yeah, which are not. But sometimes you don't need to go through all of that for it to be helpful. Yeah, no, but like, is what so I'm you, like constantly check on the person, and you make sure that they're okay. Like, well, therapists, some guys that I talk to like through Tumblr and like stuff, who mm -hmm. haven't done that, and they'll suddenly say something that I completely don't like, and then I have to almost stop everything and say, "Don't ever say that again. I don't like that." And then they they get really standoffish. So what what kind of I stuff is that? that and there was a guy that I was once talking to, not on Tumblr, so, but, um, and he said that he would, um, I had done something wrong, and he said that he would tie me up, gag me and blindfold me, and let all his friends have a go on me. And that freaked me out yeah, massively. Right. Understandably. And I was like, no, you would not do that. I'm not letting that happen. And even now, I that kind of still sets my teeth on edge, like, yeah, that sure. he would think, first of all, that was a good thing to do, and second of all, that someone would want to do that to me. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, and that's kind of where the being tied up and gagged at the same time, that's why I find that kind of hard to deal with. Yeah, cool. So back on that point, we were, before we digress, we were talking about what um, you won't do. So yeah. continue on with that, because I did stop Any you in the middle of that. Bodily fluid to like pee or poo. That's just gross. Sorry that, if you're into that, but I just find that gross. Sure. Is blood part of that as well for you? Yeah, mm, yeah, that's gross. I don't like period sex or stuff like that. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm a big blood guy personally. Um, not period yeah. blood, but. Um, oh, like cutting and. Yeah. I've seen that. I don't know what I feel about that, like. I just think okay. it's it's like because blood's a hugely erotic thing, really. It's the shape yeah. of what people see to be a heart, and you know, shedding your blood for somebody is considered like an an, an ultimate act, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um. So that's I think that's part of the part of the appeal for me personally. Okay. I don't, I've just never thought about it. To be fair, like yeah. I wouldn't know how it would like it enter into like a scene or whatever so. yeah right um cool so what else um a gangbang kind of i don't know how i feel about that like just like just like i don't know 10 guys going at you or whatever that kind of scares me a little bit well considering you you've not had sex i can understand that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but, you know and then there's like some stuff that you see and you're like, oh my god, that's so intense. And like when girls have like 
thinking to you, oh, they're in like these latex suits and they can't see or hear anything. They've just got these like dildo machines going at them. Yeah. I'm like, oh my, that looks terrifying. Hmm. But also that kind of, I don't know, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a massive virgin. <laughs> but um, like some of that stuff is like kind of erotic and does turn me on. But I'm also at the same point, I'm like, I wouldn't know how I'd how I could be involved in that, like yeah, right, watching right, 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 right. watching people doing it and doing it yourself, I think is very different things. Yeah, and and um, that, that that was going to be one of the points that I brought up um, when you said that you'd watched a lot of it in porn, um, because that's a very very different thing to actually doing yeah. things in real life. Yeah, and I do know that, and that's why, as much as I like it all, I wouldn't start it out as like in a relationship I'd want it to be like losing my virginity I'd want that to be almost completely normal as in like just very vanilla just yeah Yeah. and then like gradually introduce I don't know maybe handcuffs or a whip or a toy or something like just gradually introduce that stuff into a relationship well that 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 sort of comes with trust with the person as as that relationship grows as well so that that makes a lot of sense yeah so, yeah, so I have a lot of, uh, not opinions, but I know what I do like and I know what I don't like. I, I know how I want it to be in my sex life. Right, yeah, so. that makes sense. And yeah. what about butt stuff? Because that always seems to be a, a hot topic. Um, I like to try it. Like, I've, I fingered myself a little bit back there mm-hmm. once, like, a couple of times, and it was okay. Like, it was okay really really tight and it did kind of hurt mm-hmm. but then I wasn't like using lube or anything so I think that's probably why yeah that, that's not going to be a fun time <laughs> yeah but I would like to try it but obviously it would have to be taken really really slowly mm-hmm. of course um, and yeah. is, is that something that you're going to continue to sort of work on yourself for lack of a better term yeah I'd like I'd like to and like it was enjoyable yeah, but I just yeah. <laughs> so so grab the ramp, rampant rabbit, uh, rampant rabbit, and then yeah. um, and then add something else to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm going to go back to the to the family thing here again. Okay. So you you grew up Catholic, right? You went to a cat, all girls Catholic school. Yeah. So I went to an all girls Catholic secondary school. My primary school was obviously like the Catholic school, but it was mixed. So right. But, um, yeah, um, So, the sexual education within that school, we touched on it a little bit earlier. And I guess at home as well with very Catholic parents. Yes. Um, uh, did you really get much of an education around sex? Like, you, you said before, you had the sort of feminist nun uh, head teacher lady. Um, so, at primary school, our sex ed was, and um, we. Oh, it was very. We watched a video of a woman giving birth, like a live birthing video. Oh, that Jesus. was terrifying. Um, and then we also, obviously, we were in year six, so we were what, 10, 11? Yeah. And then we watched another video of these, a woman completely naked, about 40, running around her house naked. And then a guy running around his house naked. And then their tiny little daughter running around the house naked. And that was also terrifying because that was like the first time any of us had seen a penis. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, <laughs> <laughs> you imagine all these tiny little things, just like. <laughs> oh, that's superb. Um, yeah, but like that was 
quite a lot that was puberty based so like there was a lot of focus on like what happens when you have your period right. what like what will happen to you as you get older like the changes that you have in puberty and stuff yeah which i think at that age that's all you can really teach them yeah like that you can't really tell a 10 year old much more than that i don't know why they should have just showed us the birthing video honestly that scars me for life like <laughs> no 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 kids for you then i don't uh maybe not <laughs> just just so graphic because there was stuff everywhere like blood and gunk and it was just gross gunk <laughs> You know, like the baby gunk that's like on the baby placenta. <laughs> no, like the yellow, like the like the amniotic fluid. Uh, all of that, like that's on the baby and just everywhere. And it's like, oh my god, this is happening. This happens in real life. It's not just yeah, yeah. Um, and then when we were in at secondary schools, we were, we did like the whole puberty thing again. But that was much more like God changes your body, and He makes you in the way that He wants you to be. Yeah. So, she there wasn't a lot of stuff. So it was again, single girls. It was very period based. Very mostly what happens to girls because there wasn't much point teaching us the boy stuff. Yeah. Was so this, boy. this is this sounds more like biology than like yeah, human, so it human biology. Yeah. It, it was done anything. in biology. Yeah. It wasn't. Um. And we obviously did like then we did how you make a baby. Um. <laughs> when a man loves a woman. Yeah, basically that was it. When a man and a woman are married and they love oh, each other. Yeah. Um, but we were never taught contraception. Like the Catholic Church says that you can't teach contraception in schools. Yeah, of course, because okay. it's it's killing the birth of the child or whatever. Yeah. Um, we were, it was very interesting that our GCSE biology syllabus, so that's like the exams that every child sits across the yep. UK. Part of that is part of that is like periods and the pill and yeah. how the pill affects your period. So that's very interesting because obviously that's like a nationwide thing, so everyone is taught the same thing. And our biology teacher was not Catholic. So he was like, Yeah, this is the pill, this is what happens, you can use it to stop having a baby. But he never there was never any other types of contraception that we were taught. But right. then six um so like I don't six women from the age of sixteen to eighteen mm. and it's like you normally went off to college and then you'd go to uni, but loads of schools now have a sixth form. It's years 11, no, years 12 and 13. And that, to be to go to our sixth form, you didn't necessarily have to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. So they teach us other stuff. So we, we did have a whole day. It was called um, Mental Awareness Day. And we had, so in the morning we did like yoga and how to like relax or for example. <laughs> then the afternoon we did Here's how you stop yourself getting STIs and STDs. Here's how you stop yourself getting pregnant. Here's how you have safe consensual sex. And it was all taught by a PE teacher. But like it was, and then I think the nurse from like the local area came in and taught us like how to put a condom on a banana and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all your generic sort of. Now, now, when, yeah. now when, when, when you said about, I just want to touch on the, the consensual sex part. Um, yeah. So you specifically learned about that? Yeah, so like, it wasn't like, they never said you have to, no, how do I phrase this without understanding that? Like, we were told you only do stuff that you want to do. You don't let people, so you don't let your friends tell you, oh, you haven't done X, Y, and Z, you need to go and do that with the next guy that comes along. You yeah. don't let guy that you're, that you're <coughs> talking to say, I want to have sex, we're having sex now. You don't let that happen. You 
set your own boundaries and you say, <clears throat> I want to do this now, I want to do this, I want to stop this now, that kind of stuff. And I think that was very important, yeah, especially absolutely. in like, the, the day and age that we're in now, teaching girls that you can say no to stuff is very important. And I think that's a really integral part, yeah. should be an integral part of any sex ed, well, teaching boys and girls, no, boys and girls to say, no, please stop, or no, you stop that right now, I don't want to do that. Yeah, and I think and it's I, also about teaching boys to stop and realise that, that, exactly. that that's, you know, that's, six, that's where well, that line is. There's no, yeah. to quote a really shit song, there's no blurred lines there. It's yeah, very, exactly. very straightforward and up and down. Yeah, it, if, if you say no, you stop. Mm. Or like that, that should or, be it. Or, and, or whatever your safe word is, I guess. Yeah. Because sometimes um, no means yes. So who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think they, they're all doing the talking in like a girl, boy, very vanilla, normal, missionary sex, making babies position. <laughs> what once a month with the lights off yeah <laughs> but um yeah and like we did have a whole in part of our our re-lessons we did abortion and stuff like that mm -hmm. very interesting because obviously most of us were like yeah abortion is a good idea we should probably have that but then there were just some very very catholic girls who were like abortion is murder and it's very interesting to see that 16, 15 and 16 year olds were thinking that and I was it shocked me a lot because obviously my friends were quite progressive and were like mm. no if you need an abortion you go and get one like, only if you want one you don't have to have one obviously yeah but well, yeah here's, here's what's interesting in over in well technically not in the UK but Ireland they've only yeah. just repealed yeah. oh, when, when this comes Very out it would have been a, a few weeks ago but it's um yeah, they've only yeah, just stuff. repealed the the, the rules around abortion, right? Yeah, so that was obviously the thing. And like, for me as a young Catholic girl, not Catholic, but a young girl who has Irish heritage and has Irish family, to see that debate reigning on, like I couldn't obviously vote because I don't have Irish citizenship, and my mum couldn't vote because she doesn't have Irish citizenship, but members of my family would have voted in that, people who are still living in Ireland. And mm. we're not that close to them, so I'd never be able to ask them, how did you vote? But it'd be interesting. I feel like it's a very interesting debate to see and to see which side different groups of people are on. Because there were a lot of young people who were like, no, we should keep it. Abortion is still murder. Yeah, and it's yeah. just very so, interesting to see. Yeah, for, for those that, that don't know, Ireland have had, um, is the Eighth Amendment, right? Yeah. The Eighth Amendment, which basically said that uh, abortion is illegal, flat out, yeah. no questions asked. And no, that was you allowed it in cases of rape and incest. It was okay in rape and incest. Yeah. Okay, but I, I, I'd heard different. It was rape or incest. But. Yeah. So, but again, proving rape can be a very, very tricky yeah, thing yeah. to do, um, and this and this meant that you know a lot of rape babies were carried through to term, or the mother would would, would yeah, kill them there anyway to a lot of pain for themselves. And here's, here's the other thing that I found amazing, is that if doctors basically had to perform an abortion on a child to save the mother, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. The, the, um, the, ba the baby would be the one that lived while the mother died. 
or yeah, you know really they could lose it's both like of them. A big church that's not right. There's like um, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a teaching, and it's like the life of the mother is more valuable than the life of the baby, especially if the mother is has other children or other like yeah. other people to take care of. So yeah, like for example, in cases where the mother would, if the baby would kill the mother if the baby was born. Or if the mother said was going to have to go through like chemotherapy or something, and mm. the baby would die anyway, you are allowed an abortion in that situation in the Catholic Church, and mm. you would be allowed to ask for forgiveness and all this kind of stuff, and it would be completely allowed. Yeah, but not so in the Irish government at the time. Not in Ireland. Yeah, they didn't like allow so, that. Eventually, um, I think it's only been in the last thirty years or so, the rule was yeah. slightly brought back so that mothers could leave the country to have an abortion and then come back in. Yeah. So a lot of there's there was a lot of stories in the newspapers over here, especially around the time, and it was of going over to England on the early morning flight, landing in wherever, going to your nearest the nearest surgery, paying a lot of money because obviously you're not covered by the mm -hmm. NHS to have an abortion, then flying back on the late flight out there whilst either having take the so obviously the different forms of abortion, but either having taken a pill and slowly bleeding out on a plane back to Ireland then go home and mourn the death of the baby that you can, or not necessarily mourn, but to have to deal with the baby that you Yeah, well, just there's going to be some sort of psychological damage in there yeah. from, from having an abortion at that exactly. stage as well. Especially, I, I think having an abortion must be traumatic enough. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't push on anyone, like, but the fact that you couldn't even do that in your own country, in your own home, that you had to go to a strange place, to a dodgy hotel, to mm. a clinic that you didn't know, that you didn't know the people. It was really obvious that you're from Ireland here for just an abortion. Mm. That must be terrifying. I can imagine, yeah. That that's. Yeah. But at least at least they've turned it around now, I guess. Yeah, and I think by I think someone said by November everything will be in place, and you you just have an abortion left, right, and centre. <laughs> I think that's not you shouldn't do that anyway, but. Like, yeah, sometimes it calls for it, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, back to the education. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, I don't know, our sex ed was really interesting. Mm -hmm. it, it, was only it actually sounds like you've had quite a good sexual education considering the, the religious yeah. connotations of it all. Yeah, like, obviously there were children who, I've, well not children, people I've spoken to now, and they were like, no, we were taught almost from the get-go this is a condom, this is a this is the pill. Like I only knew about until I came to university, I only kind of knew about the condom and the pill. I didn't know that there were other forms of birth control. Yeah, so you didn't know about IED and things like that. Yeah, and like the implant and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Or like even like female condoms and stuff. I was like, this is all brand new information. Because like the methods that we taught were the pull out method, and mm -hmm. um, condom and pill. Obviously the pull out method probably doesn't work at all. So. No. No, not really. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's actually kind of surprising to me that, that the level of education was reasonably high around all of that. Um, but it's good to hear. Well, I think our school in particular pushed the boundaries because they were like, yeah, it's a Catholic school, yeah, you have a Catholic education, but at the same time you need to be prepared for the world out there. You won't always be in a little Catholic bubble. Yeah. So you have to know what to expect, and I don't. I think they weren't stupid. They knew we were going to have sex, and knew we were going to like do stuff. 
mistake. And, and I think that's that sort of generational switchover, really, isn't it? In that kids aren't as naive as perhaps they once were, and adults aren't thinking that their kids are as naive either. No. So it makes it a lot easier to be able to, to do that sort of thing. Yeah. And because they kind of... Because they did it very delicately. Yeah. And like, so they only introduced the pill through biology, which everyone across the country did. So mm -hmm. like, they couldn't avoid that. And um, it's very interesting. Our science department was very progressive. No, oh, that's good. I mean, I think it had to meet all the national standards. But like, just, we were taught everything, like Big Bang, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. There were there are Catholic schools which won't teach the Big Bang, and they won't teach, um, like they only teach creationism. Right. Which is silly. Yeah, very silly. Um. Well, yeah. But on on that note, um, we have been talking for quite a while now. It's been oh, yeah. It's been uh, about an hour and fifteen minutes, and uh, like I said, it's almost ten o'clock at night here. I'm up in, in about five hours time, um, to 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 get to work. Um, for you, yeah. it's a nice cruisy quarter to eleven in the morning. Thank you for uh, for sleeping in and almost missing me. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> that's fine. It's fine. But um, thank you so much for being on. This has been really, really interesting for me. Sorry, was that? Uh, any 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 time because it's um yeah it's been a different perspective um coming from somebody who because I'm I'm quite experienced. A lot of the people that I've had on the pod have been quite experienced sexually as well. So it's kind of, it's been nice having a, a different thought pattern and a different perspective on yeah. things. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you again. Well, everyone, that was Lucy. Thank you once again to her for joining us on that podcast. Just remember, um, I've got a Q&A coming up. So please feel free to message me any questions, any advice that you may need, anything like that. And I'll endeavour to get to them when I do that episode. Uh, you can contact me on the ASLAP podcast at gmail.com, through Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, all with the same handle. The ASLUT podcast or at the ASLUT podcast, whichever way you want to go. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to doing that and interacting with you guys out there and getting to know you all a little bit better as well, which will be a lot of fun. Thank you once again to Lucy for being a great sport and coming on. Thank you to everybody who listened. Um, and thank you anybody who is coming back and listening to this as well. I really, really appreciate every single listen that I get. I am still new and still starting out and really, really enjoying the process so far. So, again, thank you very much to everybody and we'll talk soon.